Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Bijou Podcasts. Welcome to episode three of the Stacey June Show. And today, my beautiful guest is Laura Byrne. I'm Stacey June. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark. And I promise you, this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme. By sharing the teachings and lessons I've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth, you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest, worthy and powerful version of yourself you can be. This podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself, learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment, the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fucked. Here we are at episode three. I wonder if I'm going to sing at the beginning of every show. I hope not for your sake. Hey, I'm Stace and I'm glad to be back with you. It is really early in the morning. I'm about to catch a flight uh, out and I needed to do this intro to make sure that we got it to you on time. And I'm sitting here in my towel. I'm feeling like my skin is a little bit, um, I don't know, like a little bit, what's it called? It's dry, but it feels a little bit uh, bumpy because it's got no moisture in it. Uh, my hair's wet and I've got a flight to catch in about half hour. So I'm going to keep this snappy today. But I did want to, to really give some context to uh, the, the conversation that Laura and I are about to have. Laura Byrne, you may recognize straight off the bat as the the beautiful and smart Chicky D and funny that Maddie J picked from Channel 10's The Bachelor many moons ago. And you may also recognize her from her jewelry brand and her Instagram account, which is Lady and a Cat. And her jewelry brand is Tony May, T-O-N-I-M-A-Y. You can follow it on Instagram also. It's, it's really, really special stuff. And, and so those are all the things that I think you believe you know about Laura if you have come into touch with her before. But one thing you may not know is that before a live show that I did with the Thinker Girls in December last year, which wasn't recorded, it wasn't, the podcast wasn't recorded and obviously the behind the scenes chat beforehand wasn't recorded, but Laura had announced on that Saturday afternoon that her and Maddie J were expecting a baby and the country went ballistic as they do when they follow two people that fall in love on television in front of the cameras and in front of them and then come out with this beautiful ending and I think for them it was such a it's not a conventional ending too they they didn't get married first they kind of um they really show you their true selves online too and and I really like that about those two but 
what was interesting about our conversation was that was also a day that I had shared an Instagram post talking about the fact that I'd gotten my period after having uh, our third round of fertility treatment. And if anyone is struggling to get pregnant, anyone is doing fertility treatment, anyone has tried to get pregnant for a long period of time, or even is remotely thinking about it and finds the whole process a little bit, uh, I don't know, unsettling and and you, you just feel anxious even thinking about it, you would understand or at least be able to empathize with the fact that those two events on the same day when you then need to share a stage together could be really uncomfortable and and really icky to some degree. I was incredibly happy for Laura and Maddie, but I had a real harrowing pain going on with myself, which I don't think I really understood. I'd heard other women talk about getting their periods and how heartbreaking it can be if you're trying, but I really didn't understand the the severity of it before I'd started experiencing it myself. And so I was nervous to see Laura and She was so beautiful. She came so early and on time and was in these beautiful overalls. It was a really hot night and we had a really big chat and she explained to me that uh, they'd done an interview in the Telegraph as well as their Instagram post announcing their, their new bub and she'd gone into great detail about the fact that the journey hadn't been easy for her either, that her and Maddie had also uh, experienced a miscarriage, very very same timeline, it's very similar timeline to me. So today I wanted to get her back in, not just talk about those details, but but I did want to share the the story of what it's like for two chicks that are going through similar things, similar age, having the same aspirations and coming out in a really different place. My best friend fell pregnant uh, the, the, the same month that I actually had my pregnancy loss, my, my DNC, my, my, um, my surgery. And, you know, there is a real complex situation around many of us that are diving into parenthood. And, and it is complex and friendships do get affected. And I think there's so many themes here, but one that this particular topic in life, I really think brings out so many big life lessons, you know, death and birth, I think are always those things that bring out all kinds of grief and all kinds of insecurities and all kinds of um, just epic type of emotive I guess, slaps in the face, to, to put it really straight. And they can be really great. And then they can also be really hard. And when you're going through stuff like that as an individual and then adding so many other people's experiences into the mix, and when you're going through a harrowing time, someone can be going through such an epic, incredible time, that adds layers also. And I think it's really important to have these conversations because I think it's okay for us to all live in where we are truthfully simultaneously. And Laura and I were able to do that that night and we didn't record that conversation, which is why I wanted to have it again for you today. And I would love for you to share it with anybody that is feeling really isolated in this process or on the flip side of that, feeling incredibly guilty for their happiness. You know, there are two sides to these experiences and there are two sides to many of the complexities around friendship or, or you know, close relationships when you can be going through really different stuff and I think we were able to really harness and capture how how 
how sometimes hard that can be, but how beautiful it can be and how we can kind of connect on it like Laura and I did. We also talk about her time in The Bachelor, how she she dived in uh, headfirst and really in some ways wasn't ready for a relationship, had kind of gone in and out of many and and really learnt about herself and her dating, I guess, etiquette and the way she wanted to go into a relationship on the show, which I found was really fascinating. And And she really has this beautiful way of... I'm using the word beautiful a lot, but she is actually quite physically stunning. Um, she has this really effervescent way of explaining really weird stuff really simply and and easily to listen. So I really love Laura. I um, really get along with her. She has such a beautiful energy. And I think this is really the beginning of hearing more from her from this show, but also more publicly. I think she's got a real lot to offer. And I really do hope that she continues to have these tricky conversations that many other celebrities of a, of a profile like hers would shy away from. So I will let you get into it yourself. Please enjoy my chat with Laura Byrne. How are you? Go- how are you going with that? Oh yeah, it's you're fine. good. Yeah, fine. So you're really close with your sister. You guys are on the business together, right? Yeah, my sister and I are super close. So yeah. best friends, I've met business her. owners. Yeah, which is funny because when we met. When we met, you you know, it's interesting when you meet people and randomly you meet them and then you meet them with that person and you're like, okay, well now I kind of see you guys together too because you've just such little pals and then also you meet you, you both together. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I guess it was the same when I first met you guys. Like it's with true. the Finger Girls. I was it's like, true. ah, face to names, you know. And you come as a package. Yeah. Have you guys always been close? We were we were so close. Um, as kids, we used to fight just as siblings do. Yeah. But then sort of from high school and then after high school, we became really, really close. Um, I started Tony May myself and it was when I went and did The Bachelor that she sort of took care of everything right. for me. And so she made the whole place, it didn't burn down while I was away for like three months. And then when I came back, that's when I thought, you know, I really actually need the help with this. And she came on board as my business partner. And since then it's been happy days. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really I good. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Working that that business relationship and then that friendship as well. It's, it's something I think it's quite... It's, well, it was with with Merce and I, it was the first time we'd experienced that. So you navigate it live. You're navigating as you go. It's quite an interesting thing. But do you think that was different for you as sisters? Well, I think for us, like we bring such different things to the table. Yeah, like right. I'm the creative and she's very analytical. And so we know our roles within the business. Yeah, so okay. there's no expectations on the other person. Like I, I don't... Um, I don't uh, sort of have rules as to how she does her job and she has no rules on me as to how I do my job. We just have faith in each other that we're both going to do it to the best of our abilities because we love our business and we want it to do well. So that's what motivates us. I think that comes from trust, right? That you trust the other person's a good person and vice versa. Yeah, and also because we both want to live and have a flexible lifestyle where our our work is not the only thing that we're doing with ourselves. So our work fits around our lifestyle. So, you know, she can't come into work until midday, but she's going to catch up and do emails and that at nighttime. Yeah. Then that's so fine. She doesn't need yeah. to explain that to me. Yeah. And that's a really nice dynamic because that's how I want to work. So you're a jewellery designer. You've, you've got your own business and you sign up for a reality show. Yeah. And just by having to getting to know you and that's, you know, at events and bits and pieces, but we've had some pretty intense conversations in a short amount of time. 
you don't seem like a person that would usually do that. To sign up to a reality yeah. TV show? Yeah. Yeah, look, I I had no idea what to expect. And I at the time, I had no idea why I was even in the doing mix it? for doing it. Yeah, right. So my housemates were actually the ones who had signed me up. And they were drunk one night and thought, you know, Osha popped up on TV. And we just thought it would be really funny. And um, It always happens like that, but it genuinely happened like that. Oh, 100%. Right. Like, they, it's they like a Tinder profile. Up. They're like checking out the photos, let's put this yeah. up. Like, yeah, right, okay. Well, I think I'd probably already exhausted the Tinder option and my love <laughs> life was an absolute joke. And really? So, yeah, it was, it was just, it was abysmal. And so... Were you living in Sydney at the time? Yeah, we were living yeah. in, we were living in Rushcutters Bay at the time. Okay. So um, they were the ones that were like, oh, well, look, if it goes badly, it'll just be another funny story on the list of Laura's horrendous <laughs> dating sagas. So it it was completely foreign to me, but I think as well it got me out of the routine that I was in with my dating life. Yeah, right. Like it just kind of shook things up a bit. Yeah, I was just on I was just on repeat. Like I was just dating the same type of person, but like taking that person and putting it into the next person and, and it was the wrong the the wrong type. Like I had a type and they were just yeah. the, the shitty guy that came with heaps of baggage that needed to be fixed and I wasn't dating the nice guy. I wasn't yeah, even right. giving him a chance or a look over. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like you create a type and it becomes a type and it's the story you're telling and then it, it isn't actually probably anywhere near the person that you aspire to be with. No, not that, at all. Why do we do that? Why do we waste all this time with this person that feels, I guess, comfortable? It must be that they feel comfortable or at least not very surprising to you, which is why you go back there, do you reckon? I, I don't know. For me, I think... I, I'm a fixer and I really wanted to fix these, you know, I would see these people who had, date these people who had issues and I wanted to, I wanted to fix it and I wanted to, you know, be the, be the reason why they made that relationship work. Yeah. And, you know, like um, for all my enthusiasm with it, you know, you can't change someone who's not ready to, to step up to the plate. And I always felt like I was the one pushing the relationship up the hill. Yeah. And that gets really, really hard when you're the only one doing that and you're constantly butting heads. And so and I had some really like quite long-term relationships that didn't go anywhere. And yeah. then now my relationship, which is two years with Matt, has been the most easy relationship I've ever had because we're both constantly going in the same direction. What's the funniest thing about, like, so say you kind of, okay, I'm pushing shit up a hill. This is, you know, full on and I'm repeating this and repeating this. And then you get with a guy that you see this future with, you're building this future with, is there a moment where you laugh and are like, I can't believe I was I was accepting that when now I've got this? Is there moments of things that he does for you that really snap you into reality and have these kind of real hashtag gratitude moments? Hashtag blessed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, I would get into another sort of very average relationship, but you've already then done the hard yards and you're already in it. Yeah, right. And so it was really like I'm a I'm a sticker and I will stay and try and yeah. make something a work. Of mine was saying this the other day actually. Yeah, and I just yeah. would I would I would work so hard to try and make a relationship viable and breathe some life into it. And then, you know, two years or three years had evaporated from my life and it hadn't gone anywhere. And I was still not being treated the way I wanted to be treated. Yeah. And I still, you know, wasn't being respected in the way I wanted. And then you meet someone who is just, you're aligned with it and you're, you've got the same morals, you've got the same attitude toward life, you want the same things out of it, you know, you, you want to have a family together and it just makes it so easy. Like yeah. it doesn't need to be hard. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like you're putting in more than the other. No, never, yeah, never. Right. Like it's always on an even kilter. And, you know, there's times where 
I guess one person has mm. more energy for the relationship than the mm. other person, but mm. it always comes back around and swings and roundabouts. It's, it's never uneven in mm. the amount of effort. Mm. I was talking to a chick the other day about this this whole buzzword polarity, which is like this inner masculine, inner feminine, how we've all got this kind of different energy. Um, and a lot of us are equaling out a bit, like because we're, you know, career, chicks are much more ambitious and career orientated. So there's that real masculine or that real kind yeah. of power play or bossy or which is in a lot of chicks, I think, to be able to get shit done. It's more just clarity rather than you being a man. It's like you've got this kind of vision and you're very um, very clear on that vision versus um, the, other op- the other option, which is that you're super femme and, you, and you're sensitive and you have that. Do you, are you a person that finds yourself quite of a girly girl or do you think that you kind of swing in, swing in and out of that, no, I, those different archetypes? I am... Um... I think I'm probably the opposite to what the definition of a girly girl would be. Yeah, but right. I kind of hate that there's... I hate the girly girl thing, but yeah. I don't mean that you're dressing up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean more in a feminine kind of more energy the I way think, you... Um, I think, like, I'm, I'm pretty assertive and I can be quite strong. Mm. And I think that sometimes that comes across as not not necessarily cold, but it comes across as being sort of more of a, uh, like a harsher, yeah. less feminine, less soft sort of energy. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just comes from as well, you know, when you, when you do have, you know, you run your own business, when you do have these things in life that you want to attain for yourself, you do have to really have a go get them attitude. And mm. it doesn't mm. mean that you're not soft and it doesn't mean that you're not emotional. But I mm. think that sometimes we confuse people who are quite independent with being not emotional Mm. or Um, you can get really independent and forget those parts of you I think definitely I think is a lot of people definitely I don't think I've ever sort of been independent to a point where I've not been able to be emotional but I definitely have used my independence as a way to put up walls um and and to kind of keep people at bay yeah um so that I don't come across as being weak yeah, okay. Because that sort of, you know, softness can be foreseen as a weakness. Yeah. But I think um, I think the, the older I've gotten and, and over the experiences I've had in the past couple of years, I think there's real power in vulnerability as well. Mm. And that just because you are soft, that doesn't make you a weak person. But it yeah. took me a little while to figure that out. Yeah, I think it takes all of us a bit, a bit of time, especially because it we're kind of told that being the crybaby or the sensitive sap is just the one that's the sook essentially absolutely so it's it's understandable that everybody feels very defensive or protective of that part of themselves and also like you just don't want to be seen as being a pushover or being weak or being looked at as the person that needs to be helped you know, I'm, I'm yeah. always been very self-sufficient that I've never asked for help yeah. and that's something that I do push away. And so I think that that can be taken as, as oh, she's fine. Whereas yeah. sometimes it's that person who finds it difficult to actually ask for help or say that, you know, there's something okay. going on. Yeah, I'm not okay. It's interesting. Um, so the original conversation that I wanted to have with you today was really off the back of the live show that we did in Sydney in December last year and to take everyone back or how far pregnant how far along are you now 23 weeks 23 and at yeah. the time you would have been was 16 18 was 16 maybe yeah, yeah around just then. just over so we did a live tour I did a live tour with the thinker girls which is a podcast channel that I that I ran with my mate Christy and and we used to tour it live and we did this incredible panel Sydney was oh 
was definitely one of my favourite. Like, it was I out there. loved the show. <laughs> we had Jam Fran, yourself, and Gretel Colleen, and we did it on, I think, the 15th of December. And that was the day that you announced that you were pregnant. Which it was. was. It was insane because everybody was ecstatic. You've come off this reality television show that promotes love, the story is there. And it wasn't, I think, also just the fact that you guys had some form of stamp to say, okay, this is legit, we're here, we're staying, we're building a family. But it was also that, I don't know, you guys are such a modern couple in the way that you've moulded a relationship and the way that you want to do things that suit you for you. And I think that's why a lot of people also were so excited because you are very, very relatable from that perspective. So that happened and it was interesting because that day, which is this sounds like really a lot of information if you haven't got context, but I got my period. <laughs> and and if you have followed me from the Thinker Girls or you've followed me on social media, you are probably aware that I've been trying for a baby for over 12 months. And it was one of those those moments where I thought my god what is the universe testing me because there was this this combo of being thrilled for you and questioning how I was going to cope with that energy around my sadness and how those two can live simultaneously and it was a really nervous time and we had this incredible conversation and you were in it's just so amazing about it and so open and I just wanted to repeat some of the convos that we had that night on the show because I've walked away feeling like we'd both done something really special to be honest and I continued to get that feedback because it was not just an easy decision or wasn't a decision of you being so understanding and vulnerable that came from just your you being an empath it was because you had experienced your own stuff which I at the time had no fucking idea about yeah yeah, so I, I know that when Matt and I, we decided to announce our pregnancy, yeah. we also at the same time had a conversation, a public conversation about the fact that we had also had a miscarriage earlier in the year, last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And the reasoning for that was basically for this conversation. It was, it was that we didn't want to announce a pregnancy that only showed how amazing it was that we yeah. were having a baby because that didn't show the the dark side of the fact that you know for everyone it's not easy and for us it wasn't easy yeah and we wanted to be sensitive as well to people who were going through something that um you know that at the time you were going through yeah and I think it was you know it's funny looking back on it now because you had no idea that we had had that conversation about miscarriage we didn't no. we didn't do that over Instagram we we had an article that was in um the Daily Telegraph and um and so when I saw you that day, you only had seen the happy parts of it and you were, you were trying to be really supportive of that. But I really wanted to be able to say like, you know, hey, us too. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just because for, for me, I felt like, you know, my, my pregnancy story, it, it comes with that and they're not, um, they don't, they're not uh, inseparable. Yeah, yeah. And so take us back when you guys decided, was it a decision for you that you want to have a family or did you fall pregnant and you were like, oh shit, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first time, yeah. the first time we found out that I was pregnant, I was actually by myself in Bali and I thought, 
I feel weird. You know, my boobs are weird. Every, uh, I'm going to just trot myself down and get a pregnancy test. And so I was by Where myself. Where do you go in Bali? Like convenience store, yeah. like chemist or some shit? You go to a convenience store. But do it was so. they have them there too? Like, yeah. I think that's yeah, so yeah. ridiculous. But it's no. like, I don't know. To, to a chemist. I went, yeah, to, okay. I went to a chemist down yeah, the road. Yeah. Um, but I, um, yeah, I felt very strange going in there by myself and, and buying a packet. So. Um, I did the test myself. I found out that I was pregnant and I had to process that all on my own because at that time it was not something that we had planned for. Yeah, right. So you all. do process that on your own because it's not a, it's a, it's a, you're ringing to then give that person the information that you've just had, which yeah. is a, like a, like there's shock in there. Yeah. And I, like we wanted to have kids. We'd yeah. had that conversation many times. So that was not a question. The question was how soon do we want to have kids? And at that point in time, we had sort of said, you know, we'll give ourselves another 12 months and then yeah. we'll start trying. Yeah. So I was processing this on my own and I, I called my sister actually because I, I didn't think it would be fair to call Matt and tell him over telephone. I really wanted to do yeah, that face right. to face, yeah. but I needed to tell someone. Yeah. And so I called my sister and I, I had a cry and, and, I, and I was more upset because I just didn't know what Matt's reaction would be. Yeah, okay. Um, and I didn't and I, want him to take that burden. And I think it's such a realistic thing to talk about too is that it's not it is such a of course it's a blessing of course it's a great thing but there's so much that comes with it particularly for the chick oh 100 if you haven't planned that your life is the one that really is going to change very dramatically and I don't think anyone really quite grasps that until you are actually pregnant that's like 100 <laughs> percent. everything changes um, but I, and I, you know, I was on one hand really, really excited and one hand really, really happy. But then on the other hand, I was just so worried about how Matt would feel yeah. about it being sooner than what we had planned. Yeah, yeah, Um, but I didn't, I needn't worry because when I told him he was just like ecstatic, yeah. beyond ecstatic. Like I... I braced myself to tell him and he just couldn't stop laughing and had already called his <laughs> mum and his sister before I even had a chance to tell him maybe he shouldn't tell anyone just yet. Oh, my God. So that was really nice. And it, and it was oh, in that yes. that made me realise that just because something is unplanned, mm. it doesn't make that unwanted. Yeah. And it, it, this pregnancy was so wanted. Yeah. So we um, we'd booked ourselves in for our scans and, and everything was kind of moving along and we had made that mental adjustment that this was all happening a lot sooner than what we had originally planned and you had that joy that moment absolutely like that you loved and I think is something it would be something very different to have we too had we were planning because we have to go through fertility treatment so it's very different but because this is like a lot of information and for those of you again you may be hearing this for the first time so I I'm just warning you and not in a way that I'm at all embarrassed about it but it's just so much so fast but it's so much my life where um so ben doesn't ejaculate because of his cancer so when we had our first attempt it's like literally the first time anything has actually entered my body so there was as much as we tried there was no fucking way in a million years we thought it would actually work wow so the first time ever our bodies came together was the first time a baby was ever made. So we we planned it, but we too had that shock. It wasn't the same shock, but it was like, holy fuck, this happened. Yeah. And as much as we wanted it, we didn't really anticipate it happening this soon. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it was like you deciding, I suppose, the same as a couple having sex and going, 
let's try. It could take us a year and then you fall pregnant. And then you get yeah, the first a, time you try. There's a real shock element. But then there's this, what I was trying, was getting at was there's this ecstatic kind of adrenaline around the joy. It seems like it's a little bit more beefed up because you're almost freaked. Well, 100%. And, <laughs> and it's, it's not like it's, it's excitement and it's joy and it's this like wonderful miracle and then all the other part of it which is like my life is going to change in ways that I and probably already has like you feel like shit or you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and so there's just so much that's going through your mm. head and so much to comprehend but we we had you know I feel like we we kind of took it in our stride so yeah. so amazingly and we and we really were just absolutely stoked and um and then we had a miscarriage so we we were booked in for our scans at 10 weeks and everything was going fine. And then just, it, it just happened. Um, I didn't like, you know, at the time I, I didn't know anyone who'd ever experienced anything mm. like that. Mm. I didn't know anyone who had ever been through a miscarriage or had anyone to talk to. And so it was an incredibly, um, uh, it's, it's painful. It's like emotionally painful. And so I thought that there was just something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, and it was after that that we decided because our, our perceptions on when we wanted to have children, when we wanted to start a family had shifted. That was mm. when we decided, okay, mm. well, we'll see what happens. We'll, yeah. we'll, you know, let's, we'll push the plans aside and, and we'll start trying. Yeah. Um, but it took us a little while to kind of get our heads around that. Yeah, it is full on. How did you guys deal with it differently? I think for me, because it was such a physical thing mm. and I'm the one that actually physically was going through it. Um, whereas Matt had to be the support person. Mm. Um, that was sort of the main differences. Like for me, it was really, um, yeah, it was, it, I just didn't know. I had no one to talk to. And that was the yeah. thing that I found the most isolating. And it wasn't until. Because you talk to people, but then if they have an experience, you felt like they're it was hard to have that conversation. Is that what you well, mean? Well, it's just, just not relatable. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the people I talked to were either people who had had no problems getting pregnant, which yeah. are all my friends who have children, or, um, you know, people who don't have kids yet. There wasn't anyone who yeah. had had a miscarriage that yeah. I could, you know, say like, is this normal? Is it supposed to feel like this? Like what's happening? It's so bizarre, isn't it? Because even when, you know, we came to the theatre that night and then you had shared with me, that, you know, I still don't know that many people either. It's bizarre. And you just all of a sudden have this, um, I don't know, it's not like a club. That's, it's, not like it's not a club. It a it's club. not a club you want to be in, put it that way. <laughs> no, and I don't really think, I don't think that's the right word. Yeah. But there's just an understanding. Yeah. And I don't think, it, it's just a very solid understanding of, of a person and their, and something they've been through, which I really, truly understand now why people may find it hard to talk about it like and we've both agreed and said and this is why we're doing this and why we spoke about it that night on stage was that it's really important to talk about it but what I understood which I don't think I understood before was why it is hard because there sometimes aren't words like it's a very unique experience I definitely agree and I also think um like for me I think one of the reasons why I hadn't spoken about it at all was because you know you're told not to speak about your, to talk about your pregnancy until you're past the three-month mark because that's when you're in the all clear and so I kind of had this revelation that one of the reasons why we don't talk about it is because you know we we don't talk about pregnancy until the three-month mark and so we do that so that way if that something does go wrong we don't have to talk about it so yeah. it's clouded in yeah. this in this understanding that you shouldn't really talk about it if something does go wrong. And 
I think it's this this not talking about it that has created the stigma around miscarriage when yeah. it is something that's actually so incredibly common. But yeah. for me, I had no idea that it was common. I, I just thought it was I thought it was something that was incredibly taboo and I thought I was the only one. And it wasn't until I kind of got myself onto Google and I did some research and that I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe maybe we won't have any problems next time. But, mm. but up until that point, I thought that we would probably – experience a lot of problems when we tried to have a baby yeah yeah it's funny isn't it and I think it's just such a um it's such an interesting thing to not have information about when it's like as you would know now better than anyone being this far into your pregnancy there's a ridiculous amount of pregnancy shit like it's just abnormal like it's not right like it's just crazy amounts of information but then also no information on stuff that you feel like you need I don't know it's a bizarre thing it's like well we haven't because a lot of people would explain it to me and doctors would would say well we can't exactly test a pregnant woman to drink 17 drink like glasses of wine so we don't know for sure so there's just all totally. this mystery but then there's all this fucking dumb in, a lot of information on just stuff that you're like oh I don't even care about that it's it's bizarre and then you have this miscarriage um part of the the picture which is such a prevalent part for so many women and again just really surface level uh basic kind of descriptions and articles and and just not that real deeper complex layered kind of content yeah well I remember even going to the doctor and the doctor being like yeah look you know this has happened but don't worry like it's really common and that that response to me was just so bizarre because I was like well it's not common how is this common how is like I've never heard of this you know and and so so you question it right yeah. yeah and her her reaction it definitely wasn't flippant but it was um sort of she just was a little bit dismissive with it because I think in her experience it is very common. Yeah. And you know we were we were so very early on we were only eight weeks or nine weeks we were just out from having our ten week scan. Yeah. And so that is right in the hot spot of when it is the most common time as That's well when for we things yeah, yeah, things yeah. to go wrong. But um, but even so, I, I still at the time kept thinking and and had that guilt that was attached to it that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. And that you know they there wasn't anything that they were going to do to test for it. It was just this is an unfortunate part of pregnancy, mm. and unfortunately it's happened to you. Mm. You know you're that one in four. Mm. It's true, but it is. You're right. It is a part of pregnancy. Yet nothing. Yeah. Like it's just like this is a part of the process. And maybe if it was put in, I know that sounds pretty dark, but you know, maybe if it was put as a part of the pregnancy in more of a social, I guess, um, explained way, not just a medical way, we'd all way. be able to deal with it a little bit better. Because I think for me, it was such a um, misunderstood uh, feeling that I found hard to to kind of sit with. It wasn't the bad feelings or the hurtful feelings it was the fact that I felt very alone and, and misunderstood in that, which was the hardest part, I yeah. think, of that. And isolated in, yeah. in your in your feelings, just very, yeah. very isolated. Yeah, I've never felt more alone in my life. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, this was, this was why when we discussed, decided to announce our pregnancy that I didn't have any apprehension. I mean, 
I shouldn't say I didn't have any apprehension. I definitely had, I definitely had some apprehension, but we decided, we decided that we would talk about the fact that we'd had a miscarriage and it was because I didn't want to be another person on Instagram being like, we're having a baby and seemingly coming across that, that there was never any, any dark side to it or never any shadow to, you know, the light that we were celebrating Yeah. because at the end of the day, that's all I was seeing. It's all I was seeing was all these happy people being pregnant. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I wasn't. So yeah, we wanted to be, we wanted to be able to have that conversation a little bit more and, and it, for it to come from a place of, um, of, of empathy for other people who are going through the same thing. And did Matt understand that place? Was that a conversation you raised with him? He was actually the one who raised it with me. Wow. So he yeah. was the one who, who at the start said, you know, when we did talk about announcing our pregnancy, he said, do you want to talk about miscarriage? And I, at at the start, hadn't really considered it because mm. it wasn't the done thing. You know, mm. it's not, mm. you don't announce a pregnancy and, and talk about say, a and miscarriage. And before this happened. Yeah, yeah you yeah, don't yeah. do that. No. Um, but it, because he was really supportive of that and because he had suggested it that was what really got me thinking about it and really sort of pushed me into that direction of feeling like that was the right thing for us Mm. to do Mm. that's incredible yeah he's a good kid yeah (laughs) and not incredible because I feel like when guys have those conversations they deserve a better pat on the back but but he you know I'm pretty sure he would have felt different emotions they definitely feel feel stuff but it is a different it's coming from a different place well he's he's really sensitive and he's very um he's very sensitive towards how I feel Mm. um and considerate of how I feel Mm. so he went through it with me um you know he was there with me on the couch and and spent that time with me so he he was the person who understood the most what that yeah, was and watched it intimately. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. felt that as well because mm. he had that excitement too. And then that was mm. taken away from him. Mm. So it wasn't like, it's just mine to talk no. about. It's ours. Of course. Um, and I do think sometimes when I do talk about it, I think of it very much as like a personal, a personal experience, but it was really our experience that we went through. Yeah, it's true. And you have to remind yourself of that at times. I think. Definitely. I definitely did. Um, and also have the space. I think at times I didn't do this so well, but have the courage or not the courage, but try and inquire with them when you don't feel like that's, you know, that inquiring with them is the thing you want to do because it feels quite, well, it did for me, it felt very all encompassing. So it's very easy to go into your shell a bit and just be like, woe is me. Yeah. And there's a whole other person witnessing that. And also that was told that they were going to be a dad and is no longer too, you know? I think for, for us as well, like it was our, um, that was our turning point. So as much as it was this very, very sad and, um, and, and emotional loss that we went through together, we we then decided it was our turning point that we were like, well, if we were this excited about, you know, being yeah. parents and we are ready, then why are we waiting? You yeah. know, what are we waiting for? We've we've travelled together, we've done all the wonderful things that that, you know, as a couple you aspire to do and we're there in our relationship already. So that was why we we decided, you know what, we'll see what happens. And now oh, I'm pregnant. Let's check the dad. So <laughs> yeah, when you, well, let's get practicing. So when you when are you guys due? So we're due on 8th of June. Okay, shoot. It's going so fast. It's actually petrifyingly fast how fast. I, I, whenever anyone says to me, okay, so I'm this many weeks, I'm like, oh, yeah. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, I never know what they mean. <laughs> work so your like, way yeah, back yeah, from yeah, the yeah. due date. But you, do you, have you started to be very aware of, 
obviously it's happening with your body. Obviously you're interested, you're having a baby, but it's interesting how you all of a sudden become interested or you have all this knowledge of things that you were that person going, I don't really understand what's going on here. Oh, and I have been the biggest hater of like mummy bloggers and people who say things like, my baby's earthside. Yes. I just, oh, like makes me cringe. But then I'm becoming that person. And yeah, so I right. can see it in myself that I am becoming more sentimental and I am becoming this um, very much attuned with what's going on inside yeah, right. me. And I've never felt that I would have that level of connection before. Yeah, right. So things do change really quickly. So you are really changing, quickly. Phil. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel, I mean, definitely more more nurturing in my outlook. And I guess, yeah, right. I guess that has been strange for me in going back to sort of talking about being really independent as a person, like to to feel myself soften towards that. Yeah. Um, and, and in the language that I use to talk about it as well is is been really interesting for me. I think everybody... And that's a change. And everybody talks... Everyone says they're not going to talk in a baby voice and all these times. Oh, God, you're going to do it. <laughs> you are, aren't you? Yeah. It's I terrible. So. I know. And my sister has a, has a nephew and he's only seven months and I am just so in love with him. Yeah. So I think having that time as well around another baby who's who's a part of you, you know, who shares oh. in some way your DNA, yeah. it's different to just so generic time babies. auntie and then that, oh my God, yeah. you guys are cl- like, there's a whole clutch oh, situation going on there. And he's going to have a little cousin too. Like the thoughts in that and what you would have experienced with her and if you had cousins or that, that kind of vibe is something pretty special. Well, I just remember when we were actually on The Bachelor on the show, um, they had this date and it was a, it was a group date at daycare. And, um, with babies, with, with kids, like four year old kids. Right. And so there was about seven of us girls and there were seven kids and, (laughs) and the kids had to pick which girl they wanted to go to. And all of the girls, so this is us, we're lining up. The kids are on one side of the wall. We're <laughs> on the is other side. It's not already hard enough because there's one dude. Now you've got kids oh. picking or choosing, picking and choosing. Wait for it. I think that this was actually more depressing than, than like what was going on in the dating part of it. But um, so the kids are on one side, we're on, one, on the other side. And they say, the producers <laughs> say, okay, kids, go and pick the person you want to spend the day with. And all the kids run and every kid teams up with someone except for me. And Leah has two kids run. Oh, I was about to say, didn't they even out the numbers? No, no, so I was just there by myself. And it's because, like, I don't feel maternal over other people's children. I don't get this this motherly, like, I don't want to... I mean, I'll play with them. Kids are cool. I love kids. But I don't feel, like, overly, like, I want to baby somebody else's child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as my sister had her own baby, that completely changed because... I feel so connected to that child, like to, to Archer. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. feels like a part of me. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, when I see other kids in the street, I'm not like, oh, my God, I love your baby. Yeah. Just like, oh, it's, it's nice. That's another human. That's a nice human. Yeah, you can be, yeah. you can be a kid. Like, yeah, hello. That sounds so bad, but it's true. Well, I just, it's not it, bad. It's just real. It's just other people's children who I don't have an attachment to don't excite me. But, but the people who are in my life who I love, who have had many humans, oh, I can't get enough of it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I mean, I'm the same with Matt's um, Matt's nephew and niece. Like, yeah. I love spending time with them. But once again, they're a part of our family. You know, yeah. they're kids that I know and who I haven't have a bond with. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm started with having my own baby because I know that I know that I have that mothering nature in me and I know that it will be completely different with my own child yeah but I'm I'm not going to pretend that I have that for all children that's not that wasn't my my purpose on this planet no and I think a lot of people can be great mothers that don't have that mothering thing too I, I know a couple of my friends that it was time you know they felt like it was time to have a child but they really genuinely felt it was time. It wasn't like this feeling that they had this motherhood yearning or this maternal instinct. And I think both of them really questioned whether that was something that they should consider and before they actually go to have children. You know, does this mean maybe I'm not the person to have kids? You know, there was a real bigger picture that one of my mates was going through. And I was like, but do you want them? Do you, yeah. do you, you know how to love? Like, do you want them? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then forget the picture that we're told it's supposed to look like and just love the kid the way you can love it. That's all you can do, you know? And I think also, like, what, like, what is your purpose for having children? Like, why do you want to have children? Do you want to have children so that they can, you can raise them to be their own person and their, be their mm. own individual human? Or do you want them because that you need that for an extension of yourself? You know, mm. I don't need to have children, but I really want to have children. And yeah. I really want to be able to, to guide someone in this world and to give my love to someone. Yeah. And that's what, that is the motivator for wanting to have a baby. And to give, not necessarily receive. Like, yeah. yeah, and not have to have this back. expectation that, you know, this child is an extension of, of the things I have or, or what I am but that they're their own human, you know, yeah. and very tiny human to start with, but, yeah, but they, 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 they are their own person. Well, you know, holding a few newborns these days, which is it becomes the new barbecue. <laughs> yeah, you go it really in does. Do this drop-in newborn hold. Um, and I'm about to do one in a couple of weeks, which is a ve- like same as your niece and nephews, and it's very close to me, so I'm excited. Like they're little people then. Like they seem to have their own personality, even if they cry, they don't cry. All those things, it seems oh, to totally. come out of them from the beginning. Well, even um, we were having this conversation at Christmas. So Matt is one of five. Right. He's got uh, three brothers and one sister, and they are all so incredibly different. All, really? All raised in the same house with this, you know, the same like the same mom, the same set of everything, but they're just such individual people. Uh-huh. And and Ellie, which is Matt's mom, just says that, you know, they've been like that their whole lives. You know, Matt was always into cricket. She thought she wanted to have boys because then they'd really be into the cricket and they'd go to the cricket with her. Oh, but she Matt's, loves the cricket. Yeah, she yeah, loves right. the cricket. Yeah, yeah. And Matt was the only one, you know, and he's the only one that, that kind of had that from an early age. And they were all exposed to the same things. But I think that innately, yeah. biologically – our personalities are something that as much as it's the things we're exposed to that can influence them into certain ways, we really do have a bit of a, a default yeah. preset of who we are as people. It's pretty magic because you must be just, your mind must it's, be being blown about what you're going to get, like what I, the kind of completely. little... Completely. Well, we don't even yeah. know if we're having a boy or a girl yet, yeah, which is right. that, even that in itself Will you find so out exciting. or nah, nah, nah. you're not going to? I don't want to know. Yeah, I don't uh, yeah, it's interesting. It was um, it was actually funny. So for us, like originally, because you can do the harmony test now at What's ten that? weeks. What's so the te- harmony test. So harmony, harmony test. Harmony. 
Like, this is it. Perfect. Go nurse, get it to me. Bring it. Nurses are singing. Hey, so the harmony. The wrong thing again. Yeah, this is not what it is. It's probably a bit more expensive than that too. So it's an elective test that you can get done at your ten weeks. Whoa. So um, and what they do is they can they do a blood test and they can test the DNA of the baby and they can test for a whole lots of different things. Like they can test for all your chromosomal abnormalities. Mm-hmm. They can also then test for whether it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And going back to like talking about me having miscarriage I the reason why I didn't want to have the harmony test wasn't because I didn't want to know if the baby had any abnormalities we did all the other structural screening Mm -hmm. tests but I didn't want to know if the baby was a boy or a girl Mm. at 10 weeks because I didn't want to be Mm. attached to our baby being a you know a human yet being like a gender human um if we weren't in the safe zone yet if I didn't feel like we were definitely even going so to have a baby. So how early yet. is that? Is the gender from ten like, weeks? If they can tell right. you from ten weeks what you're having. Wow, which but just it must seems be crazy defined early. even a little bit before then, because it would be starting to be established. Well, it's established from the beginning, right? But they just can't tell. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure. Sh- yeah. yeah, they would be, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure like the science behind it, um, or why it is like a very small window around the ten week mark that they can take this I was, test. Yeah, how maybe interesting. maybe it's the amount of Maybe it's the, the, the amount of, of chromosomes that are in, yeah. like, you know, so the blood that's, the DNA that's in your blood at that time. Any mm-hmm. earlier than that, it's not high enough. You know mm-hmm. how they, I don't yeah, know. The same I'm as guessing a, here, guys. I am as, not a doctor. But it's the same, no, neither of us are. Um, but the same as the, like, the level when you pee on a stick, there needs totally. to be a certain amount of time for that to develop. It's interesting, though. I was very much not kind of a name, this baby, the baby that I lost, not naming them, not thinking I didn't want it to ever be it to a point where I was like I don't think they're a person but I certainly was very realistic in where their life began and ended yeah um, and and didn't really create I guess that big story that many people can do which is very natural and very understandable um about you know oh this will be their birthday and this will be happening and what what school we go to you know really early on because we were also similar but different to you guys a bit shocked so we didn't we didn't really have that time I guess to dig that deep into it but then I think it was like a few months later when I would start talking about that experience I would refer I would start saying she like really innately like and I I said to Ben, have you noticed that I keep saying she? And he goes, I, it was totally a girl. He was like, wow. there's not a question. He's like, I've even meditated a girl. Like, it's all total girl for me. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. And then a few other people said yes and whatever. But that's the same as people, you know, holding things on your yeah. belly and touching it. Doing like, the pendulum. And- yeah, yeah. Well, we, but it was we funny. Haven't- it was just this sense. And it just overtook this clarity I had. Yeah. Which may have been a protection point. I don't know. I just didn't think I needed to go any further or any forward or any further back or forward on that process. It was just going to be what it was and And deal with it as I could go. But then it became more without me really understanding how. And like you were quite happy to sort of go along with the process as it was happening to you, as it was unfolding for you. I felt like I owed it to her. I felt like I, to not do that would be to stunt it a bit. And I didn't want to do that either. I didn't want to necessarily push out grief or make it harder for myself. But at the same time, I felt very, I started to get a little bit um, protective of the, 
the fact that I was pregnant, you know, and the fact that 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 happened. And so, yeah, we went further into it, and then we ended up randomly coming up with a name. But that was meditation. I go pretty spiritual, and it kind of came to me. Yeah. But that was again six months later. It was so bizarre. So. Would you, if you were to have like, you know, another baby when you're, mm-hmm. when you are pregnant, would you mm-hmm. use that name or are This you... is the big question because I was really fascinated on that, on what people, because I, I know a lot of people named their, um, the babies that they've lost and, and we, I've always had names. I mean, most people have baby names before of they're course. pregnant, even, you know, and I had one in particular, but I didn't name the baby, you know, I didn't think of a name for her and I didn't even think it was a her. I wasn't really, I didn't allow myself to go there. But I did think to myself, if I fall pregnant again, is this the same baby or is this another f- baby? Is this, I was a bit tripped out by that. But maybe that's something like, I, I feel like it's not something that you can project how you're going to feel about it. Like, no, until you actually be... hold another, uh, hold an actual human baby. Uh, and it'll be like for us, I guess from my own experience, I have found I found this pregnancy um, interesting in that it's taken me a long time to actually really accept that it's happening. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference when your first pregnancy ends in miscarriage. Yeah. Um, then when it's your second pregnancy, it as much as it still has the joy, it's clouded by this like this knowledge that things might not go right. And it's the only knowledge you have hundred percent like it's it's this feeling of of like well okay let's get excited but don't get too excited because you know we don't we're not in the clear yet Mm. and so I I don't think that I will be completely at ease until we're past the point of if I was to go into labor the baby would be fine yeah yeah, so I mean what's that 30 weeks or or 28 weeks or something I think that's when I might feel like I can breathe a little bit of relief but even still now and it's very much happening like I have all the other great pregnancy symptoms that come along with it. Even now, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, just don't let yourself get too excited. Mm. And I know that that comes from self-preservation. Mm. It doesn't come from um, me actually not being excited or me not of looking course. forward to these changes. Um, we're so ready for them, but it just comes from, yeah, this this need to preserve yeah, my, my happiness, I guess, a little bit. And you guys were people that were very much you know, this is what it was and we're gonna we're going to just rest here, you know, rather than, you know, people do ceremonies, people do all these other things. Did you think about it and did you think about it from a spiritual level, whether this little spirit comes back in a different way or whether that's just the way it is? We've never really spoken about what that means, like what that looks yeah. like. Because you don't even have to be a spiritual person to to know that, that they come from somewhere. It, it could be 100%. just complete science, but it kind of is a bit of both, right? Like there's got to be some form of spirit or something that's going on. Like an essence to a person, you mean? Yeah, or, yeah. I guess it's something that because it's not it's not tangible to me, mm. and I can't, I like I can't, I can't feel it, and I can't see it. Even with being pregnant, although I, I couldn't see it like I I felt that you know I knew I was and that's a new thing for someone probably like yourself that needs to see the tangible you know and then you don't but you know it opens up a whole other but it's not to say that I'm not um like I'm not open to to all the other aspects that come with 
pregnancy and yeah. we come with carrying a life. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what that looks like. I don't know yeah. where I sit on that yeah. from a spiritual perspective. I'm, I don't think I'm woke enough to it to actually yeah. have thought through all the different um, parameters of like how I actually feel about that. So for me, it was a very visceral loss yeah. more so than a spiritual loss. It was very much... I had mentally um, come to terms with how my life was going to change and how I wanted it to change and yeah. how we were going to bring a baby into the world. But I hadn't thought about like what that means from a, from a spiritual perspective at I all. wonder what will happen when you have your baby. I know. I'm sure I'm going to get even softer. Be, yeah, there'll be, <laughs> well, or at least squish. there'll be a different – you'll just have your eye – you'll be just different because there's something like that. It, it must – I don't know. It must open up something. Everybody talks about it, right? How there's just this, where the f- did you come from? Like, I know I, you came from my belly, but this is truly bizarre. Yeah, it's truly. I mean, for everything to go right and for that human to, to make it into the world and to be healthy, like, that's a miracle in itself. There's yeah. so many steps that have to go right in order it for, you know, to have a healthy baby. Yeah. Um, and I used to think, you know, when I used to ask people, you know, if they're having a boy or a girl and people would say, oh, I don't care, I just want a healthy baby. I was like, no, of course you want one or the other. Like everyone wants one or the other. Yeah. And even when you're, you are pregnant or you want to get pregnant or you, you whatever you have been, you, you still have that at the back of your mind. It's not your truth. Cause you're like, your truth is I want a healthy baby, but there's still always that little girl, or that talk that you're like, girl, boy. Everyone's but, got that. Well, that's what I used to think. So yeah. I used to think I wanted a boy. Like yeah. I, I was very much... And Matt still says he wants a boy. Yeah. But I, I used to say, you know, I, I really want a boy. I don't think I'll know what to do with a girl. So I want a boy. But now that I'm pregnant and now that I'm at this part in our, in our journey... I honestly do not care. I don't yeah. have I don't have a self-talk in the back of my head saying, boy, I honestly, just so long as it's a baby, I do not care. Yeah. And I think that that's changed because, you know, when so many things can go wrong, yeah. I, I'm not going to, I don't have any requests in this. No. There's nothing that I have except that the baby's healthy. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, you really do change your perception and you do change things that you want because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Well, I think it's one of those things that everybody has an idea of how it will be. And even if all different things in life, you can start to gauge some form of feeling about that this you know with different I don't know I'm trying to think of a good example I think there's just so many different things that you can assume you have some understanding or at least relate to some degree but pregnancy is fucking completely not one of those you have to experience it otherwise you it's just a completely foreign thing that you're everything you're thinking about it is presumption and it's something that you have no control over yeah like you have no control over when you get pregnant you have no control over necessarily how you get pregnant you have no control over what baby you're having I mean unless you go down you know an IVF or something sure but we're talking about just natural conception yeah Yeah. you have you know you have no control whether the baby's going to be healthy or not or whether you know just there's so many things that are out of your control so to, to try and put any parameters around what it is is having a baby all we're going to do is is create create an environment where you could be disappointed you know if you have too many parameters around your birthing plan or what yeah. your expectations are around how you're going to like where you're going to give birth how you're going to give birth and like what music you want playing at what time you, there's things in this that you can't control. No, I think a lot of people struggle with that the most. But that's because we like to control things in yeah. our life. And I know I do too, but with this, I'm really trying to just n- not even overread because I think sometimes you can you can overread yeah, and overeducate. Forums, man. Yeah, and everyone Woo! has an opinion and you become public property. But just 
enjoy it for what the experience is that I'm having out of this, which will be different to somebody else's yeah, experience. Yeah, of course. And, and just see, you know, how I feel and, and where I'm at when it comes to the point in time when, you know, we're, we're due mm. and how that's going to look for us. So when you are thinking about that time, I know when we were doing the live show, there were a couple of topics that we were going to talk about. And one of them was us, we were having a laugh and you were saying, well, I want to talk about the fact that, you know, you go into this stage and it looks differently to the picture that a lot of people, that a lot of people, I suppose, have on their uh, in their minds you know this idea that you have the picket fence and the house board in the burbs or some kind of picture and you and Matt are just completely not that picture right well I think for, for me the thing that I was kind of like struggling with at that time as well was because we live pretty public lives yeah. in that you know you know people sort of know who Matt is they you know they they know kind of we live in Bondi they know a lot about our yeah. sort of living circumstances and um and our lives because we have made that relatively public. And so I guess, you know, the traditional, the traditional sort of way that things, linear way mm. that things kind of take place is that you meet a guy, you get engaged, you get married, you have a baby. Or you move in together somewhere yeah. around that. But, you know, it's like Matt and I, we were not married. We were living in a share house. Yeah. And I was pregnant. And so I was kind of grappling with myself how was I going to have this conversation because this is really unorthodox and I don't want people to think that this pregnancy was just an accident or something that we didn't want to have because of our living situation and because of our the relationship that we have at the moment I didn't want people's perceptions to be oh well that that clearly wasn't planned yeah 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 and, and so, they haven't got it all together and no. yeah all that stuff and so I really sort of had some hang-ups about how I was going to communicate sort of our life and and mm. how we were living and and where we were at mm. but then I realized I just don't really care <laughs> like you know like it's okay to have an unconventional um arrangement so long as that the love is there and so long as that you're able to provide I mean you know we you know now I'm five months pregnant and we're looking for our own place but yeah. we've loved living with housemates yeah, it's been yeah. amazing and there's yeah. nothing about that that I would have changed yeah. and we would have kept doing that for longer yeah. had you know, we're not being pregnant now and not need to look for something that's a little bit sort of um, better suited to our needs and how they're, yeah. they're going to change. But that doesn't mean that our our current situation isn't a bit unorthodox. Yeah. But it's still the most healthy relationship I've ever been in yeah. when you think of it in that respect. But it's interesting because you think of all these pictures and you think of this, this big idea of how it's going to look and then when you actually land in something that feels healthy and safe and loving – all of that external stuff really just starts to mean so much less. Yeah, and I, for, for me, marriage, I, I mean, I would love to get married one day, but marriage is not something that has been high on my priority list. Yeah. You know, I come from family, my mum's my been divorced twice and remarried a third time, and my dad's been divorced twice and remarried, well, I think he's, you know, he's going to get married. He's yeah. engaged the yeah, third yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've seen that that just because you have that piece of paper doesn't mean that marriages yeah. are long-lasting. Yeah. So for me, I mean, having that commitment and having someone who wants to start a family with me, that is a much greater commitment in this world than what marriage necessarily is. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that it doesn't still have its merits. It absolutely does. And I, and I, and I do want that for myself one mm. day, mm. but my, my want for, for a happy relationship and a, and a solid relationship certainly outweighs my need to rush into getting married. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, otherwise I would have already been married, but yeah. I also would have already been divorced. Yeah. So those opportunities have presented themselves in my life and, and, I, and I didn't want that for myself. Yeah. And I'm glad I waited because you know, now I have a relationship which is everything that I wanted and yeah. hopefully it will be that long-lasting marriage. Yeah, yeah, in whatever way that looks on in the outside. In whatever way that looks, yeah. you know, yeah. and if, if that doesn't happen, then we, we're so happy in, in the format that we live now. And I think that um, I do think that society is uh, changing, and that people's yeah. perception is changing, and we're becoming a lot more accepting. But I think it's more people within our age bracket that are becoming more accepting. Yeah, trust um, me, as the girl that eloped, it's our age bracket. Yeah, because there's still a real traditional sense of. I think also there must come with age. It may not be necessarily this um, commitment or like obsession with the sanctity of marriage that that generation has I think it becomes well for me my experience was that a lot of people when they get to that age want to have moments of celebration of love through others Uh, yeah and I I think that's what that's what people felt robbed with with us it wasn't so much that you didn't do it traditionally or you didn't they want to be sharing in your and celebration yeah and, it, and at the time I was like why do you want like it's my it's my thing and I want to say my vows like not with anyone like I, I this just doesn't it's not a it's not important to me so I could never understand it but until we did it and then you could see that I know this sounds a bit depressing but it's like I don't know, you get older and those types of things become really important and they are built on you, like youth and people that are coming up doing that stuff. So was anyone in your life offended that you eloped and that they couldn't be a part of that? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. But not so much that anybody, there wasn't any big drama, but at the same time there was certainly a grief that other people went through because of something that Ben and I decided to do. And it was it's so yeah, interesting right. considering I was a bit like you or maybe not, but I didn't really plan on getting married or it wasn't necessarily something as a kid I did. You know, yeah. I had this white picture and the Cinderella and whatever. But then I became really clear on asking myself why I would do that and, and it would need to present itself with its own reasons, not just a uniformed reason. It needed to present with reasons from another person and me as to why we would do that. And I didn't know the fucking person before I yeah. met so I'm not going to start thinking about yeah. this marriage of the person I'd never know, I don't even know. Well, it's so, the highest yeah, form of commitment to someone. It's a public form of commitment. And and I and I completely see the importance in that and and what that does for community and what that does for your relationship, yeah. cementing your relationship. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, for us and for where we're at right now, like we, we publicly did that on national TV, you know, like we told everyone in the whole of Australia that we love each other. And that was a very, very public declaration of our feelings for each other and our commitment to making this work. Yeah. And, and now we're having a baby and that for me is everything that I need right now. Yeah. And yeah. when when the time comes that, you know, we do get married or we do, it, it'll also be when we financially we can yeah. because right now that money's going to a baby because yeah, they yeah, are expensive. Yeah. So, and, and also I think the same for us. I think that, you know, I, the, the, the marriage is what is important to me, not so much having a wedding. And I, yeah. and I do think that um, a lot of people who, who have gotten young, uh, married when they're younger and whose relationships are already over, um, I think the wedding is something or, or like, you know, 
being engaged, it, there's so much fun around it and there's such mm-hmm. a wonderful thing to look forward to. But that is one day. And the marriage is the rest of your life. A lot of people have regret. Like I've noticed since I eloped, I've get so many messages of people saying, I loved my day, but if I did it again, I would not be doing it. I would have eloped. Really? Yeah, I can't even tell you. And it just was the just money insane. and the stress of it and, and, yeah. and so much that you do for other people as yeah, well. And that's the thing, right? It just becomes about other people. And I know that's something that's thrown around and said all the time, but you when you do it I think and a lot of people really have questioned their place in it the entire time it's done it's over then you look back you're like I, I mean I still get messages but don't get me time. wrong like, I love weddings oh, I love me going to too. weddings I love being involved in weddings like I'm my best friend's maid of honor coming up in a couple of weeks time and could not be more thrilled for them absolutely love them as a couple and I cannot wait for their wedding I just think for me personally that it's never it's never sort of been high on my priority purely because of my upbringing and what I have seen the breakdown of marriage do I think also it's just and I and I've said this a lot Ben and I did a little live about it because I felt like we had nowhere to turn no never met anybody that eloped ever but then no one's going to come out and say I'm eloping because it's a secret so like it's a bizarre thing. But so, now you have met people. Now people well, come forward and they're like, me too. Well, a couple, but not, not many. many. No. And so we did a live to talk about the legalities and, you know, how we told parents. And to, and, and there was and I was like, oh, my God, well, people actually watch this because the people that want to elope probably don't want people to know that. Like, it's so d- deep, like, seated yeah. in people's kind of identity because they don't want to... I don't know, they don't want to upset people. They don't want to be looked upon like it doesn't, you didn't take it seriously. Like you go to Vegas and it was the opposite for us. We took it incredibly seriously. Yeah, as in like you think people do it on a whim and it's something that's well, not thought out. Whereas a lot of like, people don't want to be associated with that real, you know, flicking whimsical thing. Yeah. And so when we did the love, I was like, I was interested. But obviously I said to everyone, write some questions. If you want to write questions, do, do it before and we'll keep you all anonymous. And it was insane. And the amount of people that wrote in after as well was saying, I've always said to my partner, we should do this. We watched it. To, you know, it was just, I think there's just a real desire for people to start to question what's right for them. But like you said earlier, that doesn't mean that a more traditional, you know, gorgeous garden winery wedding is not fabulous and beautiful for someone. I think that's the bit that we've tried to put forward and we definitely didn't come back after eloping thinking we were going to be the spokespeople for eloping. But you have become that. You're the pinup girl. Well, we, it was I crazy. I saw your snazzy jumpsuit. Oh I loved it. Oh my God. It. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. And I mean, it's not exactly like I was some wallflower. Like I wore this yeah. fucking sequin thing in New York, but it wasn't, yeah, I definitely didn't think that the most, you know, most media and conversation that I would be asked about last year was eloping because I think so many people have this real inner intrigue to doing something for themselves and, and have absolutely no idea how to go about it. Do you think your relationship has changed since you've become married? Become married since you've gotten married? No, the first one was fine. Yeah. Become, I've become married. Yes. It has changed. Yeah. I think and changed in what, in what ways? Um, I think there's a, there's a different security that I didn't expect to have. Yeah. Ben wanted to get married more than me. I was, I was, I wasn't really into getting married. And then I met him and I was like, okay, I would marry you. Yes. Okay. So I, but I like that. I like he, that, I that like it's you. not, it's not that marriage is the end goal. You know, like a wedding is the end goal. It's 
that you wanted to get married because you met the person who I met you him. wanted to spend your life with. Yeah. Which that I I I love that. Like that is that is exactly what I think marriage should be. Yeah. And I mean, I'm speaking from someone who's not married, so maybe my opinion is completely irrelevant. Well, no, I think but- it works for you, and I think that's what I continued to tell myself was that. I need to suss out whether this works for me and I haven't met someone I want to marry, so therefore yeah. marriage isn't for me at the moment. And that was exactly my sentiment up until yeah. meeting Matt. Yeah. You know, I had never met someone who I'd want to have kids with or who yeah. I wanted to you know, go down that path with. And this is after having you know, uh, several long-term relationships. Yeah. But I still couldn't see myself, mm. even after five years with someone, see myself having a baby with them or getting Mm. married to them and Mm. that was the really sort of the wedge that ended up breaking those relationships down was because I was like well then where are we going it's also funny because I reckon even early days when I was single I would like because I was such a chick I was like I just have always been ready I'm a relationship girl yes but I was single for so long so it was just it was a sick joke anyway I've made a business out of it so it's worked (laughs) out fine but it's like it was like bizarre how long were you single for five years I was the opposite. I was a relationship junkie and I just jumped from one shitty relationship yeah. to another to another and I was never single. Yeah. And I think that that is, is worse for a lot of other reasons. I don't know. I think you learn very different lessons and I think then you run out of time and I you don't, find yeah. the person and you're like, okay. But that was the thing. I wasn't learning any lesson. I was just repeating, repeating, repeating and it wasn't until actually going on The Bachelor and having time out and a couple of months prior to that, having real proper time out that I realised... I was just recreating yeah, the same right. story over and over and over. And then being on the show, as, as weird as it sounds, um, it really broke that cycle for me. Like it really sort of made me slow down and get to know someone who maybe I would have overlooked in, in the real world. Yeah, right. And How it changed, changed my, my perception on that. So the show just didn't meet your, like allow you to meet your person but it also shifted you to do that kind 100%. of. 100%. That's and, bizarre. And there's bits about it like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not advocating that everyone should go and do The Bachelor now. That's not We're my... going to run an event series uh, <laughs> in August. You can come along. Sign up yeah. now. <laughs> no, but for me it was such a change and a, and a shift in the way that I approach dating. And also the thing that I probably like the most about the show is that it forces you to talk about your feelings. Right. Every single day you, whether you <laughs> You want to talk about it or whether you don't want to talk about it there is someone there who puts a cheese board in front of you that you can't eat and then tells you to talk about your feelings and we don't take that much time out in our life to yeah, really no. get especially deep. not bit by bit yeah it, and, you would have been dissecting some pretty small shit totally. at some points like and you get deep with this person who normally after two months with or a month with you'd still be thinking, does he even like me? Yeah. You know, but you've already put out on the table everything that you want in life. And and I think that the, by being really genuine with what I did want and where I did want my life to be, I, I you know, I, I couldn't really lose. All, yeah. he could, all he could do was choose someone else if, yeah. if that wasn't the right thing. But at least I had been completely honest. And, and I think... And the process of the cameras would have made you, would it make some people probably less honest, but it obviously made you more honest with yourself too. It just breaks you down after a while. You know, you can't keep up a facade for too long and, and you know, there's that you don't gain anything out of that either. So putting it all on the table and really talking about your feelings and working through what those feelings are is something that I don't think that we necessarily spend enough time or have enough time to do in normal life, especially in dating. And I've written, I wrote a newsletter about this a couple of weeks ago. I do like a weekly newsletter um, called Single Pringle. You can sign up at stacydune.com. 
And it's a, it was about the fact that we spend so much fucking time thinking about the other person and whether they are into us. Whether and you don't even like them. Exactly. Like you don't even consider if you're into them at all you don't because e- you've spent so much time analyzing their texts with Joanne from next door and Joanne's back over for another couch session of analyze his texts. Neither of you have asked the question, can you see yourself with this guy and does he deserve any of this time? All the energy. And, yeah, like, I mean... It's hilarious. I had a thought and now it's gone. It'll come back to me, don't worry. It's a humidity. It's pretty hot in here. (laughs) It's fucking hot. It's toast. And I'm pregnant, so I'm just forgetting everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hot, it's hot, it's hot. But I think also... Oh, that was was here. Here, I've got it. I mean, anyone who's been on Tinder knows that you don't put your time and energy into one person. Or very, very few people on Tinder are putting their time and energy. (laughs) But that was the thing that was different about The Bachelor. So, I mean, I'd been on Tinder, I'd been dating on social social networks, I guess, and and you kind of have about you know, a couple conversations going at the same time. Whether or not you're, you're going on dates with several people, there's always multiple conversations. Yeah. So you're, you're very dispersed across yeah. this and everything is extremely surface level. I was about to say that, yeah. Whereas, you know, me being on that show meant that I had only one person to focus on. Mm. And it wasn't, it for me, you know, I'm very, very lucky that Matt, 100% is my person and mm. it wasn't me making a, a triangle fitness mm. square or anything like that but um but had he been one of five people that I had on the go texting on tinder I might not have really you know realized that he yeah. has all these amazing qualities because it's so easy to miss the essence of someone when you're so busy over here texting bob who's got good chat on his text messages yeah, but is actually really crap, crap in yeah. real life. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Not to mention that I don't exhausting. think if you're not analysing your feelings along the way, there's no check-in with yourself to suss where you're interested or not even where you're interested but what works for you, what doesn't. And I think often I'll talk about how dating's really important not for you to meet someone but for you to practice and have yeah. that idea of you having that kind of self-inquiry where you're like, okay, I had a really great time with that person because this, this, and this. That could be something that really works for me. As as this guy it was so boring, I felt like I was carrying the conversation. I need this, you know. Yeah. And I really think it's important that you get that idea for yourself. So then, if it slaps you in your face, you don't miss it. But also that um, I'm a visualization person. Like I feel like then you're a little bit clearer on what you want rather than yep, 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 and not just trying to be the person that is pleasing to other people Mm. that is presenting themselves or mirroring what you think somebody else wants Mm. because you can only keep that up for so long. You can only be someone else's perfect version of what they want. You have to be the perfect version of what you are as an actual person. And then hopefully that attracts someone who's up, who's, you know, looking for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think that you're right. I think the dating apps and stuff haven't given us any of the time to do that in the process because if you're meeting people in real life or you're getting set up or whatever you're not like in you're not really at the same access to them than you are with apps and it's become some really quick banter and then you have a date and they message you you know like an hour after you saw them it's bizarre whereas you meet them in real life you have to kind of wait maybe they went to the gym on sunday then monday they might message you at work or there's just a different behavior that goes with it but i think that that's one of the things that's really in, you know, not to be here and wave the bachelor flag, but it's one of the things that I think is 
really wonderful about the bachelor franchise is that they do care about having successful yeah. couples come out yeah. of it yeah. unlike some of the other reality tv shows which are more based around the drama or the mm. the, the chaos there is the drama in the bachelor don't get me wrong but there is also this real love story that people get to be invested in and then you know, our lives are no longer defined by the fact that we did a reality TV show. We've just got to go on yeah. and live our beautiful yeah. life together. Yeah. But that's how we met. And we have this really cool story that we can tell our kids about how we met. Mummy and Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the? <laughs> that's oh, let's just hope they don't watch the TV series. <laughs> Dad's not allowed to do that anymore. It's just it's I mean, so it's, fascinating. It's definitely not how I ever thought I would meet someone. I never would have thought I would go on reality TV. I just, I didn't think I was the personality type that would do yeah, that yeah you know yeah, yeah. but in coming out of it I now realize that there are so many different personality types that do that you know there yeah. there are definitely your people who do it because they want to be Instagram famous but then there are also people who just do it because they want uh, they want an experience yeah and they, want they, to make don't, they don't up. even know what they I want out of it they just want to have some fun and they want another story and I think it's a bit like you where you kind of also want to mix things up like especially the way that everyone's dating at the moment it does it's there's an attractive element to it that apart from the the cameras and those types of things you kind of go oh this would just be I could just really throw the dice here like this is a really bizarre thing for me to do because it really gets to that point where you date and you're like oh I'm, my hands are up like I fucking surrender and I'm know? I'm a big believer in saying yes to experiences like yeah when things get thrown your way and when something puts you outside your comfort zone why why not try it yeah. why not see like what is the worst that could happen yeah. from it and and that was really my my perspective I mean I said no originally I really <clears throat> tossed with the idea for a long time and um and then eventually um I, I agreed to go and do it but but you know, you open yourselves up to these experiences. You don't know what's going to come of it. And my life has profoundly changed since doing mm. that reality TV mm. show in every single aspect. Mm. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a bad thing to say about the bachelor franchise purely because I'm so grateful for what it's given me. Yeah. Um, there's definitely parts about it that are uncomfortable and that I didn't enjoy when I was in the show and when it was all happening. But now in retrospect, like, it all was necessary to get to the point that we are now. Yeah. And so I'm grateful for that. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. Um, so before we go, uh, I wanted to pick your brain about, I guess um, I want everyone to walk away from each of these episodes. I'm calling it with a new tool in their tool belt. And thinking about anyone that's trying for a baby that's potentially having their first pregnancy um, around that particular topic, I like the idea of maybe you sharing a particular tool that you wish you, someone had have passed to you or that there was something that someone had have said to you about any of the things that we've spoken about today. Oh, a new tool. Yeah. I think my tool in the toolkit would be um, for for anyone who is trying or maybe having difficulties yeah. with their pregnancy yeah. is to not take social media at face value for what it yeah. is. Um, and to realize that people don't talk about the, mm. the shadows or they don't talk about the gray in their life. People are very good at talking about what is positive and happy mm. and what shows everything in the best light. But so many people who you see live these beautiful, positive, constantly successful lives have their own grey, mm. they just don't share it. Mm. And I think that that's something that we need to be reminded sometimes that – you know, just like with us, you know, when we could have had a beautiful pregnancy announcement, but there was there was a shadow to that as well. Mm. And and I think that that 
light needs to be given to both sides of a story sometime for the story to really be complete. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for sharing that for myself and for everyone listening and for anybody that listens to this in the future or that followed that through the Telegraph or whatever way you've communicated that. I think it was incredibly important. I was so, so touched the night that you shared that with me. I needed personally to hear that and share that with you and so I just wanted to say thank you. I, I, I don't even feel like it's something that you can say thank you for, but I mean, I've, I've loved the conversations that we've had about it. Yeah, it's been great. And I think it's really nice to kind of cap that this with saying that they can live simultaneously, you know, that same night. And I hope I was able to convey how happy I was for you and Matt and how happy I am for all my friends and all the people that bring babies. I really like babies. I've, <laughs> you know, regardless if I know them or not, no, Laurie loves it. She just, anyway, um, but she, yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's a really interesting place to sit when you want to make sure that you're being very honest with how you feel and not and not being um, and not being I guess shy about that but at the same time being very mindful that there's lots of good that's coming out of situations and that they don't cancel each other out absolutely yeah. you can still be happy for someone and be sad for yourself yeah and, yeah and there's there's nothing wrong in that either yeah um, yeah yes yeah. Latin shape yeah thank you Laura. So guys, I'd love to know what you think. It was such a big roller coaster of events and stories and it was really like catching up with a mate and I, I adored I adored talking to Laura. If you do want to follow her on her socials, make sure you go and say day and that you heard her here. Her name is Lady and a Cat if you're not already following her and you can check out her jewellery uh, at tonymay.com.au. I am so excited for the response to some of these episodes. As I said, they're going to be an absolute mix. Last week, if you missed it, Michael Trembath was an energy healer who spoke about the importance of how we work through our anxiety and how you know you can incorporate meditation without being some form of guru in a cave. And it was an incredible chat. And I think a lot of you got a, a lot from it. And this week with Laura, there's so many big themes of I guess, lessons and conversations that are difficult to have, which I'm proud that we're doing on the show. So uh, next week, we'll have a couple new episodes for you. I've decided on my Saturdays, I'm going to drop a little bit of a thought for you and whatever it is, it might be a word of the week, it might be a tidbit for you, it might be something to keep in mind when you're working through your weekend and looking forward to a new week. I'm going to drop them each Saturday and I don't know, it'll have some form of title of self-care Saturday or something to try and make life a little bit easier for you and something that I've learned that's made life a little bit easier for me. Uh, I hope you're finding the funny and the fucked wherever you are. Uh, Till next time, I'm Stace. Thanks for listening. This has been another Bijou Podcast production.